turn to Matthew 28 with me. I just want to visit for just a second uh, something that I want to uh, bring home this morning before we, before we do all this fun stuff. Um, by the way, Noah Club, Thursday, 6.30? 6 o'clock. All right. Uh, normally, y'all do like finger foods, that kind of stuff. Is that the finger foods? Right on. Good times. Um, thank you so much for being here this morning. 91 people in the house this morning. Praise God. Love it. Hey, by the way, tonight we're having Elevate. And we have a guest speaker all the way from Crow Lake Road. And uh, it's going to be a good time. Ms. Kylie Smith is going to, she's going to uh, come up here and preach the word. And I'm so stinking excited about that. So it's going to be good times. And um, man, I just love it. I love that uh, there is so much life in this, in this church and, you know, there are people around that will say, well, Spring Hill's done and Sarepta's over and all this stuff, but not Jesus. Jesus didn't say that. And so when someone starts saying that stuff, I'm like, I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't read that in my Bible. God said everyone's worth saving. So why do we do what we do? We're always doing BGMC Sunday, come on buddy barrels, and if you're a first-time visitor on a BGMC Sunday, you might think, well, what kind of church is this? <laughs> They're letting these wild, monkey-shine children run around and take money from people, you know, uh, but here's the thing. We believe, obviously, we say this all the time, we believe in a generous God. Someone made a comment, well, you know, y'all don't pass the bag at church. Well, we don't, but we did just find them, so y'all be careful now. <laughs> we, didn't know, we didn't know where they were. <laughs> After the fire, they got put in a box somewhere, but hey, we found them. Anyway, but why don't y'all do that? And here's the thing that, that I just kind of my, my vision on that, my heart on that is, is I want you to be prayed up, and I want, you to, I want you to give because the Holy Spirit has urged you to. Come on. I want you to be in, in, in communication with God and let him talk to your heart. And so, you know, we do text to give. We, we do these secure uh, giving locations at the, at the front door and at the side door and all that, and, and that's how most people give. And, um, you know, so, so we don't do the bag and all that stuff, and we don't talk about about giving a lot, but can I tell you something? That this year, this church has broken record after record after record for giving. Come on, come on, let's celebrate. And here's the thing, it's not because we're up here saying, y'all better give or else, because that's not what the Bible says. When the Bible talks about giving, it says this, it says you give and you, hey, you give and you give as an act of worship. The Bible doesn't say if you don't give that you're going to hell. The Bible says if you give, it says this in Malachi 3. It says, see if I don't remove the curse and let you walk in a blessed place. And I paraphrase just a hair there. But God wants to bless you. Now, I'm not saying that God wants to bless you with this, you know, a, a, Royals, a Rolls Royce or something like that. I don't know. He might if he wants to. If he does, please take me somewhere in it, okay? We'll go through the McDonald's drive-thru and get McFlurries. But anyway, God's going to bless you. God might bless you with tires that last longer or God might, might bless you with this peace in your household. Come on, somebody. And this church just gets it and it's an act of worship and man, I just love it. 
And I just, ah, it's so good. So why do we do all this? Why do we do this? Because in 1914, the Assemblies of God, a bunch of guys met in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And if you, if we, if you want to go on a road trip, come on, we can ride up there and I can show you the exact spot. There's a plaque in the, uh, in the sidewalk up there on Bathhouse Row. And it says, here began the Assemblies of God World Fellowship. And the idea was that they would create a Pentecostal movement, a missional organization like the world had never seen and the world hadn't. Right now, the Assemblies of God has 300 million adherents. Come on, that's a lot of folks all over the world, all over the world. Most of the Assemblies of God is not in the United States. Most of the Assemblies of God adherents are in other places like Africa or uh, China or all these, I mean, all over the world. So why do we love missions so much? Because that's in our very DNA as Pentecostals. You see, in Matthew 28, this is what Jesus said. He said, this is the very end of the book of Matthew. Everything's kind of already happened. And Jesus is, you know, the, the crucifixion has happened and the resurrection has happened. And Jesus is about to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And, and he says this. This is kind of his, uh, his parting address. Uh, it says in Matthew 28, it says, The 11 followers went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. On the mountain, the followers saw Jesus. They worshiped him, but some of the followers did not believe it was really Jesus. So he came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world or disciples of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you to do. You can be sure that I will be with you always. I will continue with you until the end of time. So why do we do what we do? Because number one, Jesus commands us to do it. Come on, and let me tell you something, church family. If Jesus tells you to do it, you better do it. Okay, and if he tells you not to do it, you better not do it, okay? And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. So what do we do? What do we do? In the local church, we pray and we empower as best we can our missionaries. Not all of us are called to be missionaries. Not all of us are called to take up our family and move to a different place. Come on, we have missionaries. I can't tell you where all we have missionaries because some missionaries can't reveal publicly where they're at because it would be dangerous for them. But the Assemblies of God has missionaries all over the planet. They have missionaries, Luke 14 says, in the highways and the hedges. Come on, they're all all over the place, serving, ministering, uh, believing with people, laying hands on folks, having crusades, people getting saved. Some of the greatest revivals uh, are in some of the most dangerous places because the freedom of Jesus is so powerful that it doesn't matter. In, you know, in Iran, people will be, they get killed if they believe in Jesus, but it does not matter because uh, the freedom of God is so tangible that these people say, hey, you know what? I will risk my very life and limb to serve Jesus because I believe it and I see that, it's, that his truth is, uh, is just so evident and it's so 
powerful. So, so why do we do this? Because God commands us to do it. He commands us to make disciples of all nations. We do that on a local level as, listen, I believe everybody's an evangelist. You know, we tell jokes and say, hey, we got an evangelist coming from, um, you know, from, from 10th Street Northwest tonight. Come on. But I believe everybody is an evangelist. I believe that you're an evangelist amongst your people, amongst your family, amongst your workplace, amongst, amongst your place of education. You are an evangelist. And let me tell you something. If you're the only Pentecostal in the house, then you really need to own your calling as an evangelist because we believe in empowerment in this house. We believe that God doesn't want us to just mamby-pamby walk through life. I believe in the Lord and I listen to Caleb. No, sir. We believe that God wants you stomping devils left and right as a person that is full of the Holy Ghost and empowered with that. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me on that? I don't think that God wants to raise up a body of wimpy baby Christians. I think that God wants a bunch of warriors walking around, not taking no for an answer and not giving up any, uh, any territory to the devil. Amen? Come on. We don't stop. We don't give up. You know what? You may get mad at me if I pray for you, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to just say unspoken. Some of y'all know about those. Hey, the second thing, the second reason that we do what we do, why we, you know, someone said this to me. They said, why are you shaving your beard? Y'all know I have, this beard is like a security blanket for me, okay? And, uh, and, and I, I'm super nervous. And, and y'all didn't help, by the way, because I walk in the house this morning, and everybody that looks at me goes like this. <laughs> Except Willie. Willie was like, man. So I appreciate that. But man, it's like this person said to me, she said, this lady said, why are you doing something so extreme? Church family, I want to be known as somebody who goes to extremes to preach and teach and live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because listen, Jesus had to go on extremes. He had to go to an extreme to get me out of the mess I was in. Y'all, I was wrapped up in nasty, nasty stuff. You know, I don't talk too much about the, the, the darker things that, that I was involved with, but your pastor was involved with some occult things, with some drug use, with all kinds of evil things. Tried to set fire to this very building that we're sitting in tonight, this morning. And so Jesus looked at that and did he say, ooh, that's too much? No, he said, I can get him and I will get him. And God in his might, sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him would not die but have everlasting life. And I think that we can all testify on that this morning. Come on, come on, come on. So why are you doing something so extreme? Because I want people to know. I want people to know about Jesus. I wear this silly buddy barrel shirt because I want people to know. We go to kids camp and do the wackiest things. Y'all, I, y'all know me. I don't like to be touched. I don't like to be breathed on. I don't like to even hear you breathing. We went to kids camp a couple years ago and I ate a sandwich somebody made with their foot. With their foot, Leah. Why? Why? Because I want these kids at church camp to know Jesus. And so we do silly things like that 
And then when we say, hey guys, let's go to the altar and pray, they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> if that dude ate a foot sandwich a while ago, we might, as well, we might as well go pray with him. That's why, that is our why. That is our why. Because we want people to know about Jesus. Because we know that there's life in him and there is rescue in him. We want people to know. The second thing, we remember Come on, if Jesus rescued you from a bad place, raise your hand. Come on, all around this room, all around this room. And some of y'all, you kept your hand up a little bit longer because you remember, you remember what it was like. Listen, I want to tell you something. I sat on my bed, y'all hear me this morning and we're going to shut down. I sat on my bed suffering from suicidal ideation when I was 15 years old. I hated God, I hated my family, I hated everybody in this church, I hated this church with a passion. Do you wanna know why? Because Satan wants to flip everything God has for good and ruin it. And this church loved me, and I knew that the love that they had for me was fueled by Jesus. And I couldn't stand that. And I said, God, if you're so good, then why have you let me go through so much bad? God, if you're so good, why did you let me come up in a, in a household where there was physical and mental and verbal abuse? God, if you love me so much, then, then why, didn't you, why didn't you save my father, who was a functioning alcoholic, who lived a, normal, a, a life, won an award for being a saint at St. Michael's Medical Center in Texarkana, come home, get fallen out drunk, can't even speak English. God, if you love me, and if you're so good, then why do you let me go through this mess? And I remember sitting on my bed, surrounded, y'all hear me this morning, surrounded by demons. Come on, I could literally see them in my room saying, do it, do it. You're nothing. No one cares about you. God forgot you. If God loved you, he would have saved you. If God loved you, he would have rescued you and you wouldn't be sitting in here. And I remember that. And I remember this oppressive, evil presence. Come on, y'all hear me. This is my why. I remember this oppressive, evil presence. And I sat there weeping, crying on my bed. And I had a knife. And I, and I had already cut myself all up because of what these demons are telling me to do. And I had taken drugs. And I just sat there. And I stewed in it. And I, and I hated myself. I hated everything that I was. But I remembered sitting on that bed in the dark. I remembered Sunday school. Some of y'all skip Sunday school. You, you need to make sure you come. I remembered Sunday school. And I remembered women like Dale Ballantyne, Lossie Phillips, Nancy Roberts. And I could go on, Margie Smith, Stacy Payne. I could go on and on. Joe Ellen Harris, Joe Harris. You guys, you're, st you're still here. Some of these folks have gone on to their reward. Some are still here. And I remembered, and I remembered all those lessons. And as I sat there in this horrible place, this oppressive darkness, just hating me, making me hate myself. I remembered that there's a name 
that breaks through all darkness. There's a name that breaks through all malice. There's a name that's over all hatred, whether it's hatred of someone else or hatred of yourself. And that name is Jesus. And so I thought, you know what? I'll try. I'm so mad. I hate me. I hate who I am. I'll try it one time. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, save me, show up. And at that moment, church family, at that moment, everything began to change. Everything began to change. The darkness that surrounded me, the darkness that was in my room began to lift. And I thought, wow, something changed. Church family, let me just tell you something. When you speak the name Jesus, things immediately begin to change. It's not, it's not, a, it's, it's not placing an order that you've got to wait for. It's immediate. The power of Jesus is not something that you wait on. It's something that happens immediately. Now listen, there are times where God has us wait for things, but when you begin to pray the name Jesus, change takes place immediately. Come on. And so I said the name Jesus. That's all I said. I said, Jesus, if you're real, if you're real, save me, do something. If you're real, change the way I feel about myself. And the light began to reenter the room. And I said it again, Jesus. And that darkness began to leave. And I said it again, Jesus. That's all I said, Jesus, Jesus. And I sat there on my bed in, in, in my room. And I just said, Jesus, and I cried. And let me tell you something. Every problem in my life was not fixed immediately at that moment. I still had to go through some things, but here's the difference, church. I didn't go through those things alone at that point. I had failures. I had successes after that. I had times where I got mad at God again but God never left me alone. That is my why, because I know that there are kids out there. I know there are kids out there. I said, uh, I thought I was getting a speed to light shirt. No offense. I just look better in black. And uh, I thought I was getting a speed to light shirt. And they said, well, we got, uh, they said, we got kids shirts. We got BGMC shirts for the kids and we got a two X for the kids. And I was like, wait, what? So anyway, I'm just a big kid, but I know, listen, listen, I know that there are, there are young people out there right now that are so, so trapped in what the world has told them that they are. And it's not, listen, listen, it's not your fault. Probably it's not your fault. Young people, kids, teenagers, hear me. It's, it's not your fault that the world has told you lies about who you are. It's not your fault that the world has abandoned you. It's not, listen, it's an evil place and it needs Jesus. And that's the key. That's the key to rescue is Jesus. And so I want to share this from Deuteronomy 26. Deuteronomy 26 says, uh, it says, the, Egypts, the Egyptians treated us badly and made us slaves. It's talking about uh, 
remembering what God did. It says, the Egyptians treated us badly and made us slaves. They hurt us and forced us to work very hard. Some of you guys can relate to that because that's what the devil did to you. He had you living in a place of hurt and fear and hate. Then we prayed to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard us. He saw our trouble, our hard work, and our suffering. Then, I love this so much. Then the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his great power and strength. He used great miracles and wonders and did amazing things. That's my why. That right there is my why. Why do I do this? Why do I... Why do we fundraise? Why do we love missions? Why do we support our missionaries? Why do we go and give things away? Why do we stand up here and sing and raise our hands and get all weepy? Why do we lay hands on folks? Why do we do all these things? Because we remember that we were once slaves and now because of God's mighty hand, we are free. Amen? Amen? Come on. Come on, hear me this morning. We are free. We're free. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're going through some things, I want to just do something. We're not going to, you don't have to come to the front. You don't have to do anything like that. If you want to stand with me, you can. I think that makes it a little more reverent, but... If you'd stand, just everybody, let's go ahead and stand. I want to do something.